Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is uh, Wednesday. Wow, I almost said Tuesday. Wednesday, March the 22nd, 2023. So glad you guys are on Wednesday. Uh, good morning, Pastor Tim and Jane, Danielle, everybody on uh, Facebook, those of you guys on the podcast, welcome. So glad you guys uh, took time uh, to join us today. Today we're in Mark chapter 10. This is the parallel passage to what we read yesterday from Matthew. Um, so similar similar themes, similar content as we read yesterday, this time though from uh, the Gospel of Mark. And uh, yeah, so always a good, uh, you know, there's the synop synoptic Gospels as they're called, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John is unique from the other uh, the other three Gospels. Um, but, uh, the synoptic gospels, you'll find that there's a lot of overlapping content. You've already discovered that I'm sure. Um, and so you read the gospel of Mark and you, uh, will, which is the shortest of the gospels. You read the gospel of Mark and you've read a good bit of Matthew and Luke by default. Um, so yeah. If you're, if you're, uh, but people, whenever someone becomes a new Christian, I always recommend the Gospel of John because it shows unique aspects of the life of Jesus that are found nowhere else. But if someone wants just a, a quick taste of the Gospels, I always recommend the Gospel of Mark because it's the shortest of the Gospels, but it, that, that material is also found in, um, Matthew and Luke. So by default, you're reading, um, a little bit. You're, you're reading all of Mark, but you're also reading a little bit of Matthew and Luke, too. So, just a little tidbit. Well, welcome, everybody. Hope you guys are ready to jump in today. We are uh, in, as I said, Mark chapter 10, and we're going to see what the Lord has to say to us today on this uh, beautiful Wednesday morning. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. We also drink coffee, we laugh. We uh, pray for each other. We do a lot of other things. We've been known to get off on tangents. That's that happens um, on a on a fairly regular basis. Sometimes those tangents happen to be productive. <laughs> they we know occasionally we'll we'll stumble upon a tangent that is helpful. Um, sometimes not, but. Um, We'll see what happens today. Generally, the, the chapters of Mark are a little shorter. This one, not so much. So this was like 52 verses. So I need to just stop talking and start reading. All right, here we go. Um, and I'll try to comment more on the, uh, the, maybe the content that is unique to this. But anyway, um, let's do it. 
Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea uh, and across the Jordan. So he left Galilee, presumably, um, and went to um, Judea. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, London. Good morning, Robert, Judy. Good morning. Again, crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. So Jesus was a teacher, you know. Uh, it's always interesting to me those that that when, we we often overlook it, but I think it really that little word gives us just beautiful insight into the rhythm of Jesus's life. That word, as was his custom. Uh, there are places where Jesus, Jesus it says that Jesus went to the temple or went to the synagogue, as was his custom. It was you know what that means? It means he did it a lot. He did it regularly. It was not a one-off. <laughs> this was something that was a consistent part of his life. And so uh, here we see it was his custom to teach them. Um, and the teaching uh, ministry of the church is always an important aspect of the church. Uh, a disciple is a learner, right? Now, it doesn't mean that we just learn. It doesn't mean being a disciple is just sitting in classrooms 24-7. But the... Um, but the discipline and the role and the uh, dynamic of teaching and learning is is a integral part of being a disciple. So when we come to the Word of God, we come to learn, right? We don't come just to read, um, and and you know can you know check off our, our our reading plan. You know, hey, we did our reading plan. No, we 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 sit at the feet of Jesus and learn as is our custom, right? That should be our custom. Our customs, in many ways, should mirror the customs of Jesus. His habits should be our habits. And uh, it was his habit to uh, to teach. And so, you know, as a disciple, we don't just learn, but we do also teach. I think all of us should come to a place where uh, we are pouring out uh, what God has given us to others. Um, you don't have to be a, in front of a classroom, uh, but whether it's one-on-one -on -one or uh, to someone you're mentoring, to someone you're discipling, uh, just as it was Jesus' custom, uh, it should be our custom. Uh, so we're learning. We're sitting at the feet of others and learning about Jesus, but we should also have others that we're pouring into, um, which is, an, which is an, a very important part of what it means to be a life of a disciple. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Talked about this yesterday, so I'll um, probably limit comment, comments, just, uh, just reference what we talked about yesterday as regarding uh, marriage and divorce. What did Moses command you? He replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. Hmm. Verse 5. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law. Hmm. That's why most of the laws were written. It was because of hard, hardened hearts, right? God, God is not um, at his nature a God of laws. It's a God of love. The laws are just guardrails, right? The, law, the laws are there as a gift of love. Um, sometimes we think of law as a gift of, of judgment, but no, the, the laws are not given as a judgment. The laws are given as a gift of love. They're like the, uh, the guardrails on a bridge. Um, no one would look at the guardrails on a bridge and it would be like, that's unloving. How judgmental of them to put guardrails on this bridge. No, we would say, man, that's, that saves lives. 
<laughs> Those guardrails on the bridge save lives. And so all of God is not essentially, at his essence, a lawgiver. He is a, he's a God of love. He gives laws out of love anyway. So um, because your hearts were hard, Moses wrote you this law, Jesus said. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So there are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one put asunder. That's how, that's how we say it in the old King James. That's how we say it in the, in the, uh, the old English uh, wedding ceremony. But God had joined together, let no one put asunder. <laughs> can, you, can you use that, uh, can you use that this week in a sentence? Asunder. Let no one separate. Let no one put asunder. <laughs> he just feels like you got to say it that way. You know, it doesn't sound right if you don't put a little oomph in it, right? You know, uh, but we talked about the other day when we covered this in Matthew about male and female, that and God, that is the essence of Christian marriage. Um, and so I won't belabor that um, as it relates to uh, homosexual marriage or uh, the other laws of the land. Um, just suffice it to say, you know, check out the, the last teaching on that uh, from the other day. Uh, but Christian marriage is between God and a male and a female. That is um, the essence of Christian marriage. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked, about, uh, asked Jesus about this. He answered, anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. So Jesus is raising the value of marriage, right? He's raising the standard of marriage. He's in a culture that was quick to, um, particularly the men, were quick to divorce their wives because wives in that culture had very little power. And so it was almost always initiated by the act of the man. Um, and, uh, and so it left a lot of, uh, women powerless. And so here Jesus is actually reinforcing the, uh, the, the status and the value of the wife in the marriage. That, no, you, you ain't not going to just write a certificate and send her on away. No, 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 no. You're going to treat her better than that. So, um, verse 13, people were bringing little children to Jesus or to Jesus for him to place his hands on them but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. That's a pretty strong word. He was not happy about that. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God, God belongs to such as these. You know, you just think about kids. They bring so much joy and laughter. You can just watch a, a little kid and they just make you laugh. Right, they just make you smile as they're discovering, as they're exploring, as they're uh, they're inquisitive, they're uh, they're mimicking um, all those things that little kids do. Right, they're they're um, they're they're trying, you know, they're 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 trying to to grow up, <laughs> and uh, and that image of just a child's. Uh, that childlike wonder and faith and exploration is a beautiful example of what our 
walk with God should be like, right? Just filled with, with, with smiles and laughter and questions and inquisitiveness and, and trying things and trying to, you know, just be with God, be with dad. That, that dynamic is a, just a beautiful visual of what our life should look like with God. Um, and so Jesus says, don't hinder the little kids. Hey, I love children. In other words, Jesus is like, I love kids. But these are, if you watch their actions around Jesus, if you watch their actions around the Lord, uh, you can almost visualize it. He's saying, That's, you need to have this kind of heart too, this heart of trust, this heart of, um, you know, kids are, for the most part, they're, they're not consumed with how they appear. Right, like they're not concerned with what others are thinking of them, right? Where whereas adults, we become so consumed with how are people seeing me? A kid doesn't care. I mean, come on, they'll walk around with snot on their nose. They don't care. I mean, they just having fun. I mean, they'll they'll take a big old one of these, you know, and be all across the side of the face, and they'll just keep on playing. They don't care. They're just <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, that was a, that was a nice visual visual for the morning podcast, people. <laughs> You know, but that's, you know, they, but they're not consumed with what's, you know, Sally over there think of me or little Tommy, what does he think of me? No, I'm just playing. I'm just being in the presence of uh, dad. Hmm. That's, that's a great lesson for us. And he took the children in his arms. He placed his hands on them and he blessed them. Hmm. Wouldn't you love to have heard those blessings? You know, one of the one of the grandparents and parents, one of the you know gifts you can you can give your kids and grandkids is to bless them. And I don't mean I don't mean blessing them with things. I mean blessing them with your words, like letting them hear you pray blessing over their lives, like gathering. I mean, literally gathering your kids, your grandkids, and just praying blessing. God, I pray your blessing upon this beautiful child, this, this one who has so much inquisitiveness and, and genius and compassion. God, that you would pour out your blessing in abundance on their, on their hearts. Guide their steps to know your goodness and your love. Help them to always be aware of your presence and that you see them always and love them and are moving towards them in kindness and grace. Pray blessings, man, over your kids and grandkids. Not only does God hear it and he'll answer your prayer, but those kids will hear dad or, or granddad or grandma, mom, praying the blessing of God over them. We all long for that. We all long to have someone that we respect and admire and love pray blessing over us. Someone that we believe loves God and knows God and walks with God to pray a blessing over our lives. Oh, come on. Please, sign me up. <laughs> Absolutely. But to hear, to, to, just to imagine what that blessing uh, of Jesus over those children must have sounded like. Hmm. I'm kind of glad, though, in a sense. I'm in a way I would love to know, and in a way it's kind of beautiful that we don't, because then we would make it put it on little cards. 
and right would would have it everywhere you know and it'd become like a it'd become like a formula uh this way it almost just invites us to to do like Jesus did and to place our hands on our kids and grandkids and bless them as Jesus started on his way a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him good teacher he asked what must i do to inherit eternal life why do you call me good we talked about this the other day Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud and honor your father and mother. Teacher, I've done all of these I have kept since I was a boy. Well, now you're already lying. You already broke, you already broke one commandment. <laughs> Jesus looked at him and loved him. See that, man, see that? Jesus looked at him and loved him. And this whole passage is about love. It's about true God-honoring love. Even when Jesus is talking about the law of Moses, it's about God as a God of love. When he's talking about divorce and marriage, it's about truly treating another person with love and respect. When he's talking about little children, it's about the love of God and seeing uh, what it looks like to be in the presence of a loving God. Watch children in the presence of Jesus. That's the way we should be in the presence of a loving God. And here he looks, he looks at the rich man and he looks at him with love. And he said, one thing you lack. Now, interestingly, it is loving to sometimes point out the thing that someone lacks. <laughs> sometimes we think it's only loving to say kind, affirming things. And we should say way more kind, affirming things than negative things, for sure. Shouldn't even be close. But it is also loving to point out someone's blind spot. That's loving. If somebody's got lettuce in their teeth, it's loving to tell them, you got, you got a little something right there. Right there, a little something. You got a little something, something. You might want to get that little something, something right, right there. And that's loving. It's unloving to let them go through a party with, and everybody laughing at them with that little thing right down in the middle of the teeth. Hey, bro, look. You got a little something. So, friends, I just want to give you blanket permission. Anytime you're around me, if I got something in my face, I got something on my teeth, you please do the loving thing and say, T Row, you got a little eh, eh, right here. Or you your pant leg stuck in your sock, bro. Your collar all do flanky. You know? I hate that after I preach and I get back and I, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, man, my collar was all flanky the whole time. Why somebody didn't tell me that? I'd have been so I'd have been so distracted. Do the loving thing and say, bro, fix your, your collar. Anyway. I digress. But the loving thing is sometimes to point out what someone lacks, not judgmentally, out of love, right? In a relationship of love. So Jesus says, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. He couldn't see the value of the kingdom, right? All he could see was the uh he couldn't see all he could see was the wealth that he had. And uh yeah, I don't know what flanky means. I just made that word up. I, I don't even know what it means. I don't even think it's a word, but you know what I mean. You know, call it call it all flanky. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even know what it means, but it... <laughs> oh goodness. The disciples were amazed at his words. Oh, wait, 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 go back. 
and his face fell. He had such great wealth. Jesus looked around, verse 23, and said to his disciples how hard it is for, for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were more amazed and said to each other, who could then can be saved? Because they were taught that the rich were, the, were closer to God than the poor. So they can't even understand. Well, then how, who can, who can, who them can be saved? And Jesus says, with man, it's impossible. But with God, come on, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Jesus, we need a little affirmation here. We gave up everything to follow you, so we know uh, we need to know what's going on, that, we, that this is worth it. Nothing wrong with asking that question. We need to know it's worth it. A lot of the Word of God is affirming and encouraging the believers uh, with the reality that it is worth it, that Jesus is worth it. And today, if you're discouraged, I want to just say it to you. He's worth it. If it's in your heart and you're wondering, is Jesus worth it? He's worth it. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left homes or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in, the, in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. Many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. So there will be rewards. God will take care of you. There will be blessings here and there'll be even more in the life to come. They were on their way up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was leading the way. Of course he was. And the disciples were astonished, while those who, were following, who followed were afraid. Hmm. Interesting. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen, in, to, Jerusalem, uh, happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Well, that makes sense why they were afraid, right? There, there's, a, there's a growing animosity against Jesus. And so Jesus is leading, people are following, but some people are scared. Like, ooh, this may not be what this may not go well. Indeed, it may not. <laughs> and it won't until Easter. Verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, We want to do, we want you to do for us what we ask. <laughs> Jesus, we need you to say you'll do it. And Jesus is like, Well, I need to know the question first. Of course, he already knows the question, but no, I'm not gonna just tell you, I'm not just gonna write a blanket check, a blank check here with yes on it. No, no, no. What, what do you what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? It's the cup of suffering, right? It's the, uh, the cup of death. It's the cup of sorrow. Hmm. You know, Thank God Jesus was willing to drink the cup of sorrow for us, to drink the cup of wrath, the wrath of God, uh, the punishment for sin. He took that cup, and he's telling them here, you can't drink that cup. <laughs> you, you cannot withstand. You cannot, you, cannot, 
you cannot uh, hold up under the wrath of God and the cup of suffering that I have to carry. Thank God he can. And they'll watch this verse 39. We can, we can. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know. And Jesus says, you will drink, you, uh, you will drink, you, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. So in some degree, there will be suffering for you. You will face not the same degree that I am, but you will face some for me. But to sit at my right hand and left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together. You know that those who are those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great, you want to become great? You want to become great? Here it is. You want to become great? You must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mm. You know, I'm convinced that when we get to heaven, we're going to be surprised who the greatest are. It's going to be people we've never heard of. Mm -hmm. We think of even the, the, the wonderful people that God has blessed the church with that have been great evangelists, you know, the Billy Grahams and the the uh, great evangelists, even the Apostle Pauls and the Martin Luthers, the big, you know, stately, you know, giants of the faith. But I'm convinced that when we get to heaven, some of the greatest we will have never heard of because they served without a name. They just served in the name of Jesus. And that was enough. <clears throat> That was enough. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving a city, and a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Man, he's persistent. God bless Bartimaeus, right? Like, no, 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 no. This is my shot, man. This is my shot. This is Jesus coming. I'm not quiet. I, I cannot be quiet. <laughs> no way. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man. So they called to the blind man, cheer up. On your feet. He's calling you. Hmm. Just to know that Jesus is calling you is reason to cheer up. Ooh. He ain't healed yet. He hasn't been healed yet, but Jesus has called him. And you know, just the fact that Jesus calls is reason to be happy. <laughs> Amen. I mean, Jesus is calling you today. He may not give you everything you want today. He may not give you everything you, you desire today. He may not, you know, there may be some suffering and sorrow along the journey, but with Jesus is calling you, you can cheer up. Because something good's coming. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has 
healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Can you visualize that man? Follow him, following Jesus. He's received his sight. He's leaping and dancing and praising God. He's so overjoyed. I mean, can you just, just imagine that, that group of people following Jesus? Man, you've got people who've been healed of demons, demons cast out of them. You've got fishermen who are now in new life. You've got tax collectors who've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You've got lepers who've been healed. You've got blind men who can see, and they're all on this journey following Jesus, celebrating and declaring the goodness of God. That's what we are, man. That's what we are. That's what the church is. That's who you are. That's who I am. We're in this big crowd, this throng of people, individuals that make up the beautiful bride of Christ that have been touched by Jesus in some way. Maybe the starting point of our infirmity was different, but the result is the same. Jesus touched us. <laughs> and because of that, it unites us. What do we have in common? Well, we've got a lot of things in common, but the most the biggest thing is that that guy up there in the front of the line, he healed me. And he healed him. And he healed her. He healed him. And he healed them. And you know what? He'll heal you too. Praise God. Let's pray, you guys. Lord, thank you so much for my friends. I pray your blessing upon each and every one of them. May they know your love that is so saturated in this chapter. The love that you have for husbands and wives and the love that you have for humankind, the love that you have for the rich, the love that you have for the poor, the love that you have for the blind, the love that you have for those who can't quite see who you are yet. So God, I just pray that we walk today in that love, that we walk in that kindness and goodness, that we share it to others, that we bless other people, that we do the loving thing in each and every circumstance. God, I pray your blessing and your encouragement on each person today. May they see you as you continue to see them and express to them your love. Thank you so much for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, my friends. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for taking time to read the Word together and just entering into the presence of God and uh, just having Him speak words of truth over our lives today. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you for being part of it. Hope you have a fantastic day. Enjoy this day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.